square fielder. He's gone to the dogs. Well, welcome once again to the Gone to the Dogs podcast. The old coon hunter Steve Fielder coming at you from a remote location. I can tell you exactly where we are. We're in the state of Virginia. That's exactly where we are. So if anybody asks you, you can tell them. And if you want more specific instructions, you go up to the top of the mountain, and when you get right up at the top, there's a little pull-off there in the little road, and you turn right on that road and go through a gate, and then you go about a half mile up through the road and turn right again and go up on the ridge, and that's right where we are in case you all want to find us or come by and stop by. So, All right, I'm sitting here in the cabin. Man, this thing, I like this cabin. It's comfortable, man. It's one of them fancy, yuppie type made to look like it's 200 years old on the outside and all uh what do you call that i'm sitting here with keston jesse keston is wise in the ways of the world he knows what all this stuff is it looks like bee board or something siding knotty pine and it's and it's got a barn door that goes into the restaurant bathroom and but it's a semi remote deal it's off the grid all solar and uh kind of give me gave miss ella a start when i sent her a picture and there was a, a outhouse out there. she said did i see a picture of an outhouse so i, I had to take a picture of the bathroom and send it to her because we talked about coming back here myself but uh you ever been up here before, Keston? Yeah, I've been up here several times. I ain't been to this cabin exactly in a long time, but I've been out this trail and stuff. I used to deer hunt on out through there. Yeah. Well, this is probably, what, a 20-minute drive from your house? Yeah, I'd say 15, 20 yeah. minutes. We got a little outside interference today. These jet jockeys are whizzing across these mountaintops, and every once in a while we'll hear these fighter planes going by. But uh, keeping us safe, right? Yep, yep. You know where they're out of? I wouldn't know either for sure. I'd say maybe down to Seymour Johnson, maybe in North Carolina, or maybe on the coast of Virginia, you think? Or I don't know where they come from. I know they come through here about twice a week, though. Yeah. yeah. You hear them what? My I'll, kids love them. They hear them, and they come running out the door. They want to look, <laughs> but the jets are gone before you ever hear them. Right. So they always miss them. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to be back in the high country. I was born and raised in West Virginia in the mountains. I love the mountains. And every fall, the mountains start calling me back up here. And on this trip, uh, I left uh, Florida, sunny Florida, on a, when did I leave? I left on a Friday, I believe. Friday the 13th, yeah. I remember. Yeah, what. you left on a Friday. Yeah, and I drove up to my brother's and spent a couple nights with with brother Randy, and he is with me here. But he's he's being more industrious than we are today. He's hiking today. He's, there's a, a peak up here that uh, everybody likes to go and see the view, and it's about a two mile hike. So we decided we stay here and podcast. So he's gonna see how far he can make it. 
Yeah, he didn't guarantee he was going to go all the way. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Said he might go all the way, might go a thousand yards and come back. That's right. That's right. Who knows? Who knows? Well, I tell you what, I am just totally kicked back and joined it. We started the uh, Virginia raccoon season came in on Sunday, which would have been, what, the 15th? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 15th. 15th of October. And as any red-blooded coon hunter would do, we opened it up on open night, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had a, had a good hunt. Um, we had, uh, of course, Keston's Clyde dog, two-year-old Walker dog, got a Cooney Valley pack, and Randy Smith's uh, Lone Pine friend female. And old Clyde has really made the grade. He's started out as a puppy that I hauled back from Pennsylvania for Keston, and Keston started in on him. And, you know, Randy has been really impressed. That's my brother, Randy. Really impressed with Clyde, and he was telling me some things that you had shared with him uh, the other night when we were hunting Keston. But when you got that, I think it's an interesting story just to talk about when you got that puppy and what you did with him and how he acted. And I will qualify all this to say this is an extremely intelligent, walker hound he he really is i mean he's a cut above smart (laughs) and uh i don't know you know the genetics has to contribute to that for sure but the way he's raised and trained us too what you know i went up to randy's picked him up brought him back to you how old was he i believe he was three and a half months old something like that he was little and uh, I believe a lot of the smarts is just how he's raised. He stayed in the house till he's pretty close to a year old. Uh, he's always been around the kids in the house. He's house trained. They've taught him all kinds of stuff. He'll shake, sit, roll over. He'll do about anything you ask him. <laughs> and for those of you who think that might ruin your dog from hunting, trust me, this dog will go hunting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Won't he? Yeah, he'll definitely go. We hunted, what was it, last night? No, it was night no. before. We didn't go last night because of the rain. And uh, we treated, we we looked at three coons in two hours, and we didn't get in no hurry going to the trees, so that's pretty good. Yeah, for the mountains. Mm-hmm. Ask anybody that hunts the mountains if they can go out and treat uh, three coons and be back to the cabin by midnight. Yeah. They've, yeah. Had, they've had a good hunt. Yeah, for sure. So he, uh, Randy was telling me about him being housebroken. All he'll go, he'll go to the door and let you know when he. Yeah, uh, it'd be one o'clock in the morning. And if he need, if he's in the house and needs to go to the bathroom, he'll go in there and he'll sit down at the door and he'll tree the doorknob. He'll get everybody in the house up if he needs to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, and he liked to sleep where? In my old girl's room. Yeah, underneath the bed. Yeah. So even today, if you let him in the house, he could. Yeah, I could go down there to the dog kennel and swing a door open, and he'd make a beeline for the front door. You open the door, he's going to fly through the house and get under the bed and poke his head out. <laughs> Way there till he needs to go to the bathroom. He don't mess with nothing. Yeah. He's a good-looking rascal, too. Man, he stands up on the legs good. He's got good feet, good tricolored dog. Uh, got a beautiful head on him. And, uh, 
I, I noticed when you cut him, you know, you'd think a dog like him that hunts as wide as he does and all would just, you know, cut out of there like a, uh, somebody late for work. But he don't. He just, You unsnap him, he just start just heads the way you unsnap him, that tail up over his back. I'd say just loping, mm. you know. I mean, he doesn't get real excited when you cut, first cut him, do you think? No, no, he's he's pretty sneaky. Once he gets out of your eye, you give him just two or three minutes and look at that, your arm and you think, how in the world did he get there that quick? Yeah. And, yeah, I know the other night it seemed like in just a flash he was 500 or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that that second cone we treed when we recut off it, he went down a creek and you asked me how far he was and I believe he was just, what, 140 yards or something like yeah. that? Uh-huh. And then just a few minutes you asked again and he was like 0.6 and I done lost him yeah. and we had to drive around to him and we sat there and listened and he got treed from where we recut him I guess it was about a mile and a half from where we recut him he got treed and that's the one I ended up going to by myself it was yeah. a pretty long walk <laughs> in in a remarkably short period of time yeah he, he, get, he gets I want you when I'm handling a dog which I won't be but when I'm handling a night hunt dog, I want you to be the guy that goes gets my dog if they're running an hour on me. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you, you're going to get in there and get back. Yeah, yeah. And, and the funny thing about Clyde is something that's really interesting about him is how he retrieved that coon. Yeah. I, uh, the first coon we retrieved, was, it was across the creek, and you waded the creek and shot the – well, you shot the coon out from – the, the side we were on. Yeah, yeah. And then crossed the creek. Mm-hmm. No leash, no nothing. Brought it right there to us. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, he'll do that. And then that one I went to by myself, I shot it out. And uh, well, you seen the Garmin. It, it was it was a long way. And he carried it all the way back to the side by side. And when I told him it was dead, he jumped in the truck and just left it. But, That's right. And that was a pretty good size coon, mm-hmm. but he's a big boy. He's tall. He's not a big. He doesn't look like a draft horse. I mean, he's built like a racehorse, but he's up on legs. He's tall. Yeah, and uh, he's just a really, really nice dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, I sure enjoyed. Uh, <coughs> sure enjoyed getting out there with him uh, on Sunday night, and then. Last night, we decided we were going to cook supper here at the camper, uh, camper, the cabin. And uh, so we, you brought us some fresh yeah, pork chops. Pork chops. Uh, somebody butchered, somebody in your family butchered some hogs or something. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. Brought that fresh pork chops and some sausage. And I put the little doctrination on them. A simple <laughs> recipe for those of you out there. This won't cost you anything. I'll, I'll uh, pass it along to you. If you like grilled pork chops, you know, done on a gas grill or charcoal, probably be better. Well, I did these on a gas grill. Mix up a rub of one part seasoned salt, like that Lowry seasoned salt, and three parts brown sugar. That's all you got to do. Mix those two items together. And then just sprinkle that on on your meat, on your chops. And another secret that I, I don't know that's a secret, but that I always like to do when I'm doing chicken or pork like that 
is I use a drip pan underneath and I cook them kind of indirect heat. The flame doesn't go right to the meat. It goes to the, that pan kind of absorbs that and they're on the rack up above that pan and therefore you don't burn them. You know, it's pork chops are something you can overcook fairly easy if you don't watch it. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, going to be it for the Gone to the Dogs cooking show <laughs> for more tips. <laughs> but they were pretty good. Old brother made some fried taters and onions and some Kentucky Wonder green beans. And he cheated on them. They came in a nice big can. <laughs> but no, we had a good meal here last night. And that's always part of hunting for me is getting to uh, to eat, you know. <laughs> that absolutely is uh, is the key. Now, I'm getting an error on this recording here, and uh, I don't know if it's going to uh, carry through. It might straighten itself out, so we're not going to worry about it. We're going to go right ahead. Um. Well, let's talk a little bit about this country that we're hunting here. You know, I know I was thinking coming up the road from Florida, most people, they think they're going to go take a coon hunting trip in the fall of the year. In October, they're going to head to Michigan. Or maybe in November when all the seasons open, they'll head to Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, or whatever. Instead, you know, I chose to come up here to the mountains of of Virginia, which would not seem to be reasonable. No, most people wouldn't do that. Yeah. No. It's, uh, this spot's pretty rough. I don't think it's that bad, but I've been here my whole life, so it's really all I know. Yeah. Well, it was all I knew for, for many years, you know, until I started going to the hunts and, and got involved with UKC and all and start traveling around. And, it, you know, if I had my preference, sure, I'd be up there in those, around those Michigan cornfields right now. Mm-hmm. But there's there's more to that than just, you know, getting in a lot of coons. There's the fellowship. Mm-hmm. There's the scenery. Mm-hmm. I had I posted some pictures on Facebook and one of the fellows back from my hometown. He said, "Good to see you getting back to your roots." You know, <laughs> well, if you're born in the mountains, the mountains always call you home, and especially in the fall. You know, when when they're pretty. This is the perfect time for the leaves. Everything here's just beautiful. Yeah, right where we are is in bear country too. But we've been, uh, in fact. Reading a guest book here in this cabin, someone mentioned seeing a mama bear and two cubs and having another bear on the porch here. We've got plenty of bear around here. In fact, what was it, Monday we were outside uh, running around and we saw one. We, What's we, that, Tuesday? No, that was... I mean, Sunday or Monday. That was, that was Sunday, the day you checked into the cabin. Yeah. We seen one and then... Sunday night when we went hunting, we seen another one. Yeah, you were in front of us, and I mm-hmm. saw you hit the brakes and all and looked out around to the right of your truck, and there went old Big Blackie right down yeah. through the road. Yeah, he stood yeah. there in the middle of the road, and see, he stayed in the road for, what, 70, 80 yards before mm-hmm. he veered off right-handed and tried to get through that fence. He was bouncing off that fence <laughs> trying to get through it. Yeah. 
Yeah, so black bears are a lot different than grizzly bears. You don't you don't worry about black bears attacking you and all. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you could get one in a spot where they felt threatened or you were blocking their escape route or something. You could mm. get hurt. But as a, I, I've been around bears all my life because my dad was a bear hunter, but bears were no way as plentiful mm. when I was growing up as they are now. If you think about it, like right here, there's bear everywhere, but nine out of ten of them you ain't going to see. They're gonna be. They're gonna get long gone before you ever see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got an incredible sense of smell. The eyesight's not that good, but they can smell and hear you, and uh, they don't like that smell. And a lot of times, you can walk right up on one and it take off, and you never know it's even there if they want to. At other times, it seems like when the dogs are chasing them, instead of going up the easy route or through a gap, they'll go right up the steepest, roughest place they can find, right mm-hmm. through treetops and blow blowovers and, and all that. They're an interesting animal, that's for sure. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Billy DeWire. Oh, he, yeah, our old buddy. Our old, I don't know if he's a Cajun or not, but yeah. he lives down there in Cajun country. He's wanting to come down here and hunt, and he, he's asked mm-hmm. me several times. He's He, he worries about the bear. Mm-hmm. I believe he's a little scared of him. I'd be more scared of what he's got. Well, yeah, I'd snakes. More, and now, alligators. Yeah. Uh, alligators scare me a lot more than a bear. Well, I, I can promise you that I'm a lot more at ease in the woods or to get out here and lay down under an oak tree somewhere here tonight but was wet and fall asleep and not worry one bit about a bear. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to do that in Florida. No, no. <laughs> I'd be a lot more scared of alligator than I would a black bear. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's all in perception. Yeah. You know, people see grizzlies in Alaska, and they will hurt you. Mm-hmm. Or Montana, or whatever. They're they're nothing to be to, to be taken lightly. But they're a different species than the black bear. Whole different situation. Yeah, yeah. Black bears, they like you said. You know, they're mainly nocturnal. You know, they're out there moving around like a coon, and uh, and if they get scent of you or hear you or whatever, they're gonna take off. Yeah, they're they're pretty skittish animals. They are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, well, but we're not bear hunting; we're raccoon hunting. So. Yeah. What um, we hunted Sunday night, and we mostly hunted what I call pasture fields along a creek. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of cattle grown here in this part of the country. Yeah. Probably more than anything else, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We don't have many crops. I mean, there's a cornfield here and there, but they're not uh, nothing like what I've seen at Autumn Oaks in Indiana. It ain't nothing like that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, there are certain areas here. My brother took me a place over, and we've talked about it, Keston, a few times and see the damage that the black bear had done to some cornfields. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, it looked like you ran a combine through there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just wiped it, mowed it down right to the ground. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
they're an adaptable animal. And I think mainly a lot of that is due to the conservancy, I guess you would say the word is. I'm not sure if that's correct. But the attitude and the sportsmanship and the stewardship of the bear hunters of today compared to years ago. Uh, here in these mountains at one time, probably turn of the century, this place was full of old homesteads. Mm -hmm. You showed me Sunday night an old uh, stone chimney mm -hmm. yeah. that had been a homestead yeah. you know, at one time. And my dad mentioned to, this to me when I was a kid. He said, Steve, these mountains were full of people at one time. Now, it's not, you know, people, kids grew up, moved away to the city to work in the factories and all that. We used to laugh writing and Route 21 to Cleveland. <laughs> that, was a, that was a West Virginia kid's education, you know. But, no, uh, and those settlers back there, and then, you know, they killed the game. Yeah. They killed you know, the deer and the bears and, and all of that. And uh, then it was for several years, they were fairly scarce, you know. And when I was a kid, if you took a week off to go bear hunting during kill season and you treat three bears in that week, you had a real good week. Mm-hmm. You know, right. you, now you treat three a day. Yeah, yeah. Like some of these guys treat three and four a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it's nice to see the bears, you know, and the, this is a big country. It's a beautiful country. I I don't know how many of my listeners have traveled to the state of Virginia, but from the coast to the mountains, I think it's one of the most beautiful states in, in the Union. There's virtually everything, but these western mountains along uh, here where you live in Lebanon, my brother lives in Tazewell. Uh, going on farther west, you'd go, you know, toward Bristol, Johnson City, Kingsport, uh, maybe southwest, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, just a great, great part of the country. I don't know what. I've got a, a little bit of a tick in my throat. <coughs> well, we're going to try to go hunting after a while. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what are we going to do? We'll probably go hunt a, a dairy farm and uh, see how we do there. And then on our way back this way, we might stop at another place and see how we can do there. You've got several drops that you can make. I think I don't. I know the average hunter living in the mountains does not have, except just the big mountain national forest territory, which is hard to hunt because of access you know you you pretty much got to walk here you've got access to a lot of uh prop different properties most of it's private land that you hunt on i think isn't it? yeah right. I, don't, I don't do no uh i will do some public land deer hunting but as far as coon hunting uh it's it's pretty rough to put the public land is mm -hmm. so i stick to private land yeah yeah well i don't think there's any shortage of coons you know anymore and I think that's probably just about everywhere. Uh, I w we were in bre at breakfast this morning, Randy and I, in a really good restaurant there. I had a piece of country ham as big as a dinner plate this morning. <laughs> I hope Ella's not listening to this. 
had country ham, two eggs, really good eggs. I don't know where they get their eggs, but they are they taste farm fresh. Had uh, grits for those of you in in the north. That's ground cornmeal. And as uh, the guy said, who came down south, and the waitress asked him, "You want grits with your eggs?" And he said. Yeah, I'll try one. Because <laughs> I had country ham and I had biscuits and gravy. <laughs> You'll be full the rest of the oh, day. Oh man, I don't know. We we got provisions here to do, to cook supper here in a little while or after a while, but uh, yeah, man, um, country ham. It's different than city ham. City ham is usually sugar cured. Country ham is salt cured. Mm-hmm. My dad used to say, you put it in a, those hams and loins or whatever and put them in a salt box. Mm-hmm. And you don't leave them 22 days and you don't leave them 20 days. You leave them 21 days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that has to be 21 days. But Virginia, Randy and I were talking about that this morning. Virginia has a reputation as some of the best country ham ever. So it's salty for those of you who have never tried it. And it, they slice it thin, usually with the bone in, and it is uh, smoked, of course. The meats have been smoked, and it is extremely good. If I ain't mistaken, there's a local uh, uh, guy, he, he sells a lot of pork and a lot of beef. And that restaurant you ate at, I'm pretty sure that's where they get, get their, their it's locally grown. It was absolutely the best country ham I've ever eaten, and I've been eating it since I was a little kid because my grandmother had a smokehouse, and they smoked their hams and bacon and sausage. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love hickory smoke country sausage that's another one of my weaknesses i don't talk about those things when i go to the cardiologist yeah i'll tell you better not (laughs) oh man but that's living that this is why i enjoy so much getting out visiting with you keston and when i i leave here in a couple of days i'm headed to pennsylvania and I'll be uh, up there hunting with Randy Smith, and uh, who knows where from there. But uh, it's just life's good for me. Right, hunt with some of my friends, and and that Florida hunting is so aggravating. Although it is getting into the better time of the year down there to hunt, mm-hmm. and uh, but uh, you're when you coming down to Florida and hunt with me. Whenever this is there a time of year where there ain't no snakes, <laughs> that'll be the time of year yeah, I'm there. The, if it's the time of year the, for the winter time, yeah, we don't worry about snakes in the winter time. No snakes, no alligators. That's the things I can't. No get snakes and no alligators. That's mm-hmm. that's the. Well, I'm gonna say something off the wall here right now. Something just thought came to me. I, our buddies down here in uh, South Carolina. Have been talking about wanting to come up and hunt with you, Daniel and 
Ryan and and uh, Dustin, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. coon hunting confidential boys. And I saw a post on there that Daniel made. It's kind of acting like he was wanting to quit, that he was kind of uh, podcasting, I mean, you know. And then, of course, a lot of people were encouraging him not to. Uh, have you talked to them lately? No, I ain't talked to them since Autumn Oaks. I've invited them up several times. They talk like they, they'd enjoy coming up. Uh, we all all get together and spend a week up here hunting. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be fun. And like you mentioned, Billy Dwyer uh, wanting to come up from Louisiana. But, you know, this, I would, I couldn't with, in a clear conscience, tell people to drive a long way, come to this part of the country, part of the country to coon hunt if you're wanting to tree a lot of coons in a short period of time and have real easy hunting. Yeah. That's not here, is it? No, it's not. And if if you gotta you, you gotta have a dog that uh when you unsnap him he ain't coming back till he gets treed. I mean you might turn loose and get lucky and get struck within two hundred yards and treed pretty quick, but nine times out of ten they get pretty deep before they get treed. The coons here are in pockets. Some places they ain't very many and some places there's quite a few. Yeah. And I think the farming, the dairy farming and, and the row crops and all that are necessary, well, corn, for instance, grain crops, and they chop a lot of the corn up into silage here. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, part, explain that a little bit. They they chop it up into silage to feed cows, but there's not a whole lot of corn here. I mean, I got one place I can hunt that grows corn, and that's, that's about it. Uh so, but as far as coon numbers go, a good night, if you got a good dog, a good night, if you want to hunt from dark to daylight, you might tree six or seven is mm-hmm. a, a really yeah. good night. Well, I'd say because you usually don't get out until after your kids are in bed, mm-hmm. and then you're out there maybe 11 o'clock or something like that, you've treed two or three coons just mm-hmm. about every time I talk to you. So if you went ahead and hunted the rest of the night, I'd say that'd be probably be about Yeah, right. I could tree six or seven a night. But a big th- a big factor in that is you couldn't do that and walk hunt. you got to have some wheels. Yeah. You ain't going to walk to these trees mm-hmm. and tree six or seven a night. No, you could, you know... If you got enough spots, you could turn loose here, tree one, come back to the truck, drive down the road, turn loose here, tree another, just drop hunt, and you can mm-hmm. get by with it pretty easy. But you about need probably uh, getting into a bad area here with you. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you don't haven't really gotten a fire like a lot of coon hunters for competition hunting, and that's fine. And I think, and my brother mentioned this. He said, I think Keston just loves to coon hunt too much. That kind of out explains it, doesn't it? I mean, you just enjoy coon hunting. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy going by myself. I enjoy going with friends. I just like being in the woods in the dark, listening, really. And yeah. But when I'm deer, I'm always doing something. Yeah, yeah. There's always a agenda to it. Well, I think that you're observant. And you're a woodsman, and for a young man, you've got an awful lot of experience. You did a lot of coyote hunting, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I got big into the uh, thermal night vision stuff and 
done a whole lot of coyote hunting. See, I used to, I used to coon hunt, and then I got a night shift job, so I went to coyote hunting because I couldn't do a dog justice because I was working six days a week. And uh, so I got into coyote hunting, and then uh, when I started working for myself, my own business, I quit the coyote hunting and got back into the dogs. I got you. Yeah. And you like that deer hunting, too. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy deer hunting a lot. Uh, about the whole month of November, that's all I do is deer hunt of the day and coon hunt of the night. <laughs> that's about it. Well, you have a job that allows you to hunt during the fall and winter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Through your, your landscaping and, and lawn care, all that. You you work primarily in the summertime, don't you? Yeah, and that's that's one of the reasons why I did that, uh, if that tells you how much I like to hunt, I basically revolved my job around more time to hunt is why I chose what I chose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a smart move for a young man. Yeah. And if you have a spouse that, you know, is agreeable to that, of course, you've got a little edge here. Your wife's family's here. Mm-hmm. And she's got a, a strong support base there. You got. I, I'll tell. I'll, I won't want to blow your head up, but you put family first. Yeah, you yeah. got it in perspective. Yeah, you know, you got a beautiful family. Got a new, new baby here. Mm-hmm. A new boy, a coon hunter. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> well, well your older boy is what four? Now, yeah, right? and he'd go any night you let him. Yeah. I just, uh, I take him sometimes, but some of these places a hunt's too rough for a four year old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't like to get him around water, rivers and creeks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Just... yeah. Well, that's wise, and that'll all come in time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he'll probably be your hunting buddy till he discovers girls somewhere. Oh, yeah. While, you know? Well, that's what I was And then uh, hopefully you've instilled it far uh, deep enough into him that once he goes through all that, then he'll want to hunt some more. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I was telling you the other day, uh, back a few months ago. Uh, my oldest little girl, she's eight. Her name's Sailor. Uh, she wanted to go, and we went, and we cut Clyde loose at the bottom of this big mountain, and he got 0.8. He was about, a, I don't know, 150, 200 yards from the main top of that mountain, and it's the mountain we're sitting on right now, so you know sort of how rough it is. And she made it all the way to that tree with me, eight years old, and climbed that whole mountain. she's gonna be tough like daddy yeah let's brag on her a little bit she does really good in school doesn't she yeah she's straight a's loves to read loves to draw loves to write she's pretty she's pretty smart yeah she is that's great nothing like kids like our family and you have perfect setup two boys and two girls yeah yeah two boys two girls that's great well you think we're going to have a chance to turn old Clyde loose after a while? We'll turn him loose just as many times as you want to turn him loose. <laughs> Nubbin uh, Moore knew that I was taking this trip, and he texted me the other night, and he said, how many coons do you train? And I said, well, Nubbin, I'm still at my brother's, and it's raining. We're going to start Sunday night. And he said, well... He said, what you need to do is hunt till daylight and then tree one after daylight. <laughs> well, we could do it. And I asked him, I said, uh, you mean like we do at the White River every year? <laughs> he said, yeah, back at the lodge at 10 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. 
we can uh, see how many we can tree in a full night. Well, I want to crack the jar on a little something here. Uh, it has nothing to do with us or what we're doing right now, except it does have to do with White River, and I believe your plans are to go with us this year out there. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to see that because I want you to experience that. But uh, Little Birdie told me the other day that there's some talk in the wildlife agencies out there. I'm not sure if it's mainly at the state level or at the federal level about changing the raccoon season in the White River National Wildlife Refuge, primarily in the south unit. Now, the way that's set up out there, the refuge opens somewhere around the middle of November, around the 15th, but it's not always that date. And then the south, there's two units, north and south, and they, there's maps, and anybody that's been out there knows what I'm talking about. Timberland, it's a national wildlife refuge. Apparently, uh, as we face all the time in coon hunting, opposition from deer hunters. Well, to add a twist to that, the National Wildlife Refuge out there is a mecca for duck hunters. A lot of people go to that area to duck hunt. They hunt those flooded woods and timbers and all. And that's what makes you know, Arkansas, that Mississippi flyway mm -hmm. through there and all such a great place for duck hunters. In fact, Stuttgart, Arkansas, not very far from where we stay, is known as the duck hunting capital of the world, or at least of the country. So apparently some duck hunters have been complaining about the coon dogs flushing the ducks. Hmm. Well, it seems to me like the duck flushes, he'd come back. <laughs> yeah, you'd think. Yeah. To the water. And I don't know any of the specifics on this yet. I don't know uh, whether this is something that's going to be available to public for public opinion or when. But I do know that I have the contact information to contact the people who do know these things. And I'm going to check it all out and find out. Now, typically, the South Unit doesn't impact us because we don't hunt a lot in the South Unit. It opens December 1st and is only open for two weeks. But the, the uh, rumblings are that they're talking about moving the South Unit season back to October. If they do that, just from my view, I'm just talking off the top of my head here. It's going to be hotter. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a lot more leaves. It's going to be a lot more mosquitoes. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to, you know, it's going to put a lot of of uh, pressure on that area at that time. Where now, if you go out and you want to hunt the south unit, the north unit's open at the same time. So you can hunt both. 
except for a small area that's called Kansas Lake, and it closes on December 1st. So anyway, I'm going to keep uh, try to keep on top of this. You know, I did a lot of legislative work over the years, a lot of this kind of work. I'm not working anymore. I'm supposed to be retired, and I'm <laughs> trying to be retired. But I want to check that out and see what's going on. I would not want this. Yeah. I haven't talked to any coon hunters really about this yet. And so I'm kind of spilling the beans here, I guess, a little bit. But I do have the conf contact information. There's a new director for that refuge there. And that's the guy, you know, that we're going to need to get his ear. Yeah. And let him know, you know, uh, what we want. But I don't know that this has been, you know, is on an agenda. Usually it's in the spring when they bring these new rule proposals mm -hmm. to be to be for public opinion. So anyway, I thought since we were talking about White River and going to White River, uh I'd mention that, you know, mm -hmm. on this podcast. So the coon hunters that like to go to White River, uh, you know, that's a national, a federal uh, refuge I would urge you to uh, let's get our ducks in a row and let's find out exactly what they're proposing uh, but if they do propose these kind of rule changes that affect you personally and you're not in favor your federal representatives your congressmen are the kind of people that you really need to be contacting about this because uh, they're the ones that pull the strings of those appointed directors and so forth. So anyway, that's uh, that's the political desk for this episode. Of uh, but uh, do you have any for drawn conclusions about hunting out there? What do you have? What do you think it's going to be like? I think it'll be fun. Uh, I just. I don't really know what to expect. You know, I don't know what it'll look like. Don't know. It's flat down that way, isn't it? <laughs> As a tabletop. That's what I thought. And there's a lot of water, you said, ain't they? There's water. Now, they've had a dry year down there this year. They've had a year of, uh, of uh, no rain. And I talked to the boys over in Mississippi and... Uh, they're, they're telling me, you know, that uh, it's been particularly dry over their way. Yeah. And so I don't know exactly. Dryness or dry weather is not something that we've encountered much in all the years we've been going out there. Yeah. I've been going since 2010. So I think this will be about the 14th year that I will be there, if Lord willing, in November. Was it you that told me that uh... – they don't, the trees down there, when y'all are down there, something about certain, some of them trees don't never lose their leaves or something like that or to weigh up in the year. Ain't them trees pretty wavy when y'all are down there? Yeah, there's still a lot of green when we're there. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Uh, I don't have a thermal imaging scope, and I don't know anything about how the laws of uh, Arkansas uh 
deal that with that, whether they're legal or not. That's something I ought to, ought to check to be sure of. But uh, but at any rate, there's uh, some huge trees down there. Huge. The 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 draw to Arkansas for me has always been that big virgin timber. Yeah. Those enormous oak bottoms, you know, and uh, it's, it's, I call it a, a cathedral, mm-hmm. you, you know, because you really are, there's just woods everywhere you look, and it's open woods. I mean, it, oh, you can get in a few thick places, but mainly it's, it's just open woods like a park, you know, with the leaves and trees here and there, but you're not wading through briars and thickets and mountain laurel and all that. Yeah, yeah. You're just walking to the dog. Now, you can have some long walks, you know, depending on the dog, and I got a feeling Clyde's going to take us on some. Yeah, I'd say but, so. uh, but you do have access throughout that on these uh, ATV trails. And you're permitted four wheelers or side by sides. You can't take like a jeep yeah. or anything that you'd normally run out on the highway. And there's gravel roads through parts of it, and you can drive a pickup on those gravel roads and pull off the side and turn your dogs loose, just like you would be spot hunting anywhere. Mm-hmm. But you you can't drive your ATV on those gravel roads. You have to restrict them to the trails and then when you get your dog gets treated in there you have to park your atv right on the trail and walk to your dog you can't ride it off through the woods yeah unless there's a marked trail there you know mm-hmm. so and the coon hunters do a pretty good job about obeying all that you know yeah yeah we did see one coon hunter driving his side by side right down the middle of the encounter a local coon hunter is the game warden and he was nice to him and said, you know, if I was wearing my suit tonight, yeah. I'd have to write you. Yeah. yeah. You know. But uh, anyway, he got that thing out of the way. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's a fun thing to do. Every year I wrestle with myself. Well, don't want to make that 800-mile drive out there this year. And Nubbin and I talk about it. You know, he's been going more years than I have. But uh, – Lord willing, I guess I'll probably be there. Uh, we usually go out the week after Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, uh, but. Uh, be a fun trip. Yeah. I also wanted this year to take a trip up north. You know, when you and I talked about that. Uh, stop off on a night or two with mm-hmm. this guy and that guy, you know, and just hunt our way all the way up to to Michigan or go just drive to Michigan and hunt and hunt our way back, you know. I think that'd be fun. Go all the way to Michigan and hunt our way back home. Yeah. yeah. Well, we we need to plan that for next year. Yeah. We've kind of let things get on top of us for this year now. But Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think that'd be a blast. Now, you have not been to the Grand American, have you? I won't go this year, though. Yeah. You've been to Autumn Oaks twice. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a good time this year out there? Yeah, it's fun. Uh, it's a lot of fun going out there and looking at everything. A lot From of, what I've heard, though, Grand American may have a few more vendors. I would say they yeah. they probably do. Uh huh. Yeah, there's a lot of vendors 
at uh, Grand American for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, uh, coon season comes in here or came in here on the fifteenth. How long will it last? Uh, March something. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Goes that long? Yeah. Okay. But like anywhere in these mountains, you're going to get cold weather and. There'll be, there'll be a few nights you can't hunt. Yeah, but you don't get a whole lot of snow here, do you? No, you know, past two or three years, we ain't got nothing worth even talking about. Used to, when I was a little bit younger, it seemed like we'd always get at least one good snow a year. Mm-hmm. But the past few years, maybe the next day. Yeah. 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 Well, I know when I hunted in Michigan, I always got tired. You know, we hunt, October's beautiful. And you really love hunting October. It comes in first of the month there. But just about, just right after Thanksgiving, you're pretty much done. I mean, it ices Mm -hmm. and snows in. And then you'll get a few days here and there. You'll get a night. They usually have what they call a January thaw where it'll warm up some in January. You get out. uh, But uh, so Michigan was always a strange deal. Great coon hunting, uh, but a relatively short season because with the weather and then in, on the 15th of April, they kick in what they call quiet time to protect the nesting birds and the young of the year and all that, and you can't run for three months. Hmm. So it shuts you down from April to mid-July. And then so... You know, basically, you got a six-month, you know, season up there. So, well, it's not all season, but you might get here. Then you have off season. Yeah, I can't remember how it ran though. Well, I know in Kentucky, and some of the listeners from Kentucky, I know Jerry Barker could probably tell me this. Uh, they used to have what they called a shakeout season, hmm. that you could treat the coon and shake them out, let mm-hmm. the dogs run them. And all, but you couldn't carry a gun. And then some states, and I believe Tennessee was it, that you couldn't use a coon squalor. Hmm. The coon squalor was was illegal. That's crazy. And we used to have to fight those kind of things when we'd have a world hunt somewhere or take into consideration all those kind of things. And I've heard here again, I probably shouldn't even comment on this because I don't know the specifics, but I've heard that because of deer hunting and all, that PKC is is going to move their world hunt to a different time of year. You know, So when these guys, when you think about these registries scheduling all these events, and, and, you know, I've been a little critical about, you know, why would the UKC, UKC's world hunt's been the same weekend for years and years mm-hmm. since I was there. But now, like this year, the PKC World Hunt and their youth hunt and all, or the uh, Super Stakes and their youth hunt was on the same weekend as UKC World Hunt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's to me, that's counterproductive, for, especially for the coon hunter that's got to take vacation. Mm-hmm. And I'm not pretending that I'm running those registries or that I even know what's best for them. But back in the day, I don't think I would have scheduled my event on the same weekend as a major event, you know, you know where other events, yeah, you know, uh, for instance, Autumn Oaks, 
the Labor Day Classic that's mm-hmm. scheduled on the same weekend. Yeah. Uh, uh, Winter Classic in Georgia, Sunshine Jamboree in Thomasville, Georgia, got scheduled on the same weekend. That's you crazy. know, which I don't understand. Well, I know part of the reason is to draw that certain percentage of hunters that would come to your hunt, but rather go actually hunt for money. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the origin, origin of all of that. But I just think, and it's tough with only 52 weekends a year to schedule events to come up with enough weekends, you know, to do everything that you need to. But uh, I see you looking at your watch there, and we've been at this almost an hour. Is it about time for you to go gather up the youngins? No, I don't got to leave here till about 3.30. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Well, little brother must have decided to go clear the top of the mountain. We might have to go get him, you reckon? He ain't back yet, is he? I don't know where he's went to. I was sort of wondering that myself. Uh, he's been gone, what, about an hour and a half? He he'll left at to, 1 o'clock. It's 2.27. Yeah, he'll have to come back. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, we'll make him fix dinner. He, he won't want to go hunting tonight. He's going to wire himself out right here. Yeah, yeah, we we may just have to put him in bed. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been a good week. The weather has not cooperated with us really the way we wanted to. We didn't get the uh, nice sunny days and 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 cool, crisp, dry nights so far. But we still got two nights to hunt here. So uh, I think we'll be all right tonight. Yeah. Tomorrow's supposed to be real good. It was windy and raining. It was bad. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I took some videos. I don't know if I posted any, and you could see that rain, you know, in the videos and and all. I, I like to take. Uh, I brought my thirty-five millimeter camera, video camera, and all that, you know, digital video camera, and to do a lot of that stuff. But I haven't broke it out yet. I've just been using uh, cell phone videos. But uh, I always enjoy that. That's something I enjoy about going the outdoors is just recording the memories and then i'll mm-hmm. go back and play them back you know mm-hmm. if you could have the perfect coon dog to suit you in every way what would it be mm. do we are we even capable of knowing that i don't know if i could even i don't, I don't know one that you know was gonna tree coon every time you turned him loose was going to get gone, uh, get treated every time you turn him loose. Uh, I like a redheaded. Describe Clint. Yeah. You just laughed at me. Yeah. And then I upped it to 750, and I didn't even get a grunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe I could let him go that cheap, but uh, I don't know. I guess that's about all you could ask for in a dog is – no, every time you unsnap him, you ain't got but one thing on his mind. That's a tree and a coon. So I guess that's what yep. I'd want. Yep. I believe that's what you got, in case you didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't do a podcast here without thinking my friends, Buddy Woodbury and Jason Doobie out at W Hunting Supply. Those guys do such a great job. I don't talk about them enough. Uh, there are two areas there that really impressed me with that company. Number one is they do support so many different hunting organizations. Uh, 
it there's an arrangement there, and I need to find out more about it so I can tell you, listeners, that if you'll identify the organization that you want to support, when you buy products for them and support them, they'll uh, they contribute to that organization. Hmm. And and people don't realize, you know, he's on top of any of those situations involving hunting with hounds, especially out in the West where they are. But, you know, just because they're out in Washington State, that mail runs quick. Yeah. You order something from W Supply, doesn't matter where you are, you know, you're going to have it right away as quick as if they were down the street. Yeah. And, and they do a great, great job. And the other thing is on their customer service. I mean, you can call up, talk to Jason. He'll walk you through your situations with your garments or your tracking, uh, uh, you know, recovery collars and and all that kind of stuff. And they keep, you know, on the cutting edge of all the latest things, the latest developments, latest in antennas, all this stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they really are customer-oriented. So I'm proud to be able to tell my listeners you know, if you need anything in the realm of hunting with hounds, you know, whether it's apparel for yourself, uh, whether it's uh, supplies for your dogs, you want books to read, uh, you know, especially electronics, collars, leashes, all that stuff. WSupply.com. All right, Keston and Jesse, we are nearing one hour of this and I think people will probably had enough of us for one day. I'd say so. Uh, enough think? of me anyway. So. <laughs> I know. I've been seeing you over there shif- uh, shuffling around. We're sitting here in the cabin looking at the wood stove. The leaves out the window have all changed to beautiful colors. It's a nice crisp bite to the air. The wind has la- laid down, as we say, in the mountains. And it looks like a great night for coon hunting. Let's go get after him. What do you say? I'm ready when you are. All right. If somebody asks where's Keston Jesse or Steve Fielder, tell them, well, that's easy. They're in the mountains. They've gone to the dogs. Mm-hmm.